Welcome to this podcast by Global Church. We are a church planting movement wanting to reach cities from here to everywhere, one to everyone. If you want to find out more information, check out our website on www.globalchurch.co.uk. Good morning. So, how are we all? Good, that is the right answer. So as you've hopefully picked up, unless you weren't listening, my name's Ben. And, uh, and I'm one of the, the leaders here at Global, along with my, my, my wife, Lynn, um, who is not working. <laughs> Excellent. Um, and we lead our Spuriagate service, which normally meets on a Sunday evening. Um, and you know, if you're new to Global, um, then uh, we've kind of combined all our services into Sunday morning for the month of August, which is brilliant because people go on holiday, people go away, um, but also it frees us up to go and be with people in the afternoon and the evening and not think, oh, I've got to then get to another service or I've got to go get set up for, for church. So, uh, and that's, been, that, that's really good. So this is our second Sunday all together, which is really exciting. But before I go on, I know it's really, it's really quite warm in here and I know Dave's taken some of my time, but I might, I might take a little bit of it back so what I've done is I've asked the hosts to just get some waters ready. So hosts, if you want to just go through and, um, and let's just get some, get some waters, kind of pass them down. It's a little bit like communion, but there's more of it and it's not alcoholic. So let's, let's, if we get those, those, um, those going and those through and then, because uh, the message that I've got um, this morning is not something that I would... Um, normally just, just uh, select, really. It's not a topic that I would, I would look at. If you've uh, been part of Global for any length of time or you come, you're part of the Spuriagate Church, um, you'll hear a lot about freedom. You'll hear a lot about victory. You'll hear, um, they're, they're basically the main two things that I like to, like to talk about. You'll, you'll hear a lot of those themes. And, um, and so I, I got actually a real, um, as we were chatting as leaders a few weeks ago, and we were saying, what over the summer when we've got all the services together, what do we want to say to the whole church, the entire church, sitting under one voice, one message in one service? And, um, and, and last week, Tom, who leads the Acom service, talked about grace, and it was brilliant. It was a brilliant, it's a powerful message, and when we were discussing it uh, throughout the week and at, at dinner parties, it, it really landed with people. And so today... Um, I am carrying on the immersed. Last week he called it immersed in grace. And I'm carrying on the immersed theme. But today I'm, I'm, I'm calling today's talk immersed in love. And, um, and love is, is, is not something that, I mean you can ask Lynn, love is not something that um, is not necessarily my strong point. It's certainly not. <laughs> Valentine's Day is the worst time of year where you batten down the hatches, you don't go outside, and if anyone comes near you with one of those heart balloons, you almost kill them. Um, you know, so, but, but there was a, a thing of, if church is the hope of the world, and Christianity is grounded in a saviour who came to reunite creation with God Almighty, what was the motivation behind that? love. And Jesus said that the hallmark of his church, that people would know that, that we were part of his church by the way we loved the world. No, one another. Like, one, like love is our hallmark. Um, and, and so really, it's, it's whether you feel comfortable about talking about love and whether you don't, tough. Because I'm talking about it, and if I can do it, 
Anyone can. So I'm going to base it all in uh, one of the parables that Jesus talked to. So we're going to go to Luke 15, uh, verse 11, really well-known parable. Um, and this is really, I'm going to be pulling uh, everything out of this this morning. And so in verse 11, it says, Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger, son, uh, the younger son got together all that he had and set off to a distant country, there where he squandered his wealth on wild living. He went on a gap year. So, after he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole. Uh, there was a severe famine in the whole. The, uh, some, a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out as a citizen uh, to the fields to feed pigs, sorry, of the country. He sent, here we go, I keep losing it. It's because I keep reading it on the screen and I thought, no, I'm going to get a paper Bible because we're going to bring the paper back. Um, so there we are. So, um, so he went and hired himself out uh, to, the, to a citizen of that country who sent him to the fields to feed pigs. You've got to imagine this guy is Jewish. Jews don't eat pork because they see that as spiritually unclean. This guy is now working with what in his culture is totally, totally unclean. That's, where he's, that, that's the situation he finds himself in. He longed to fill his stomach, so he was hungry, with the pods of the, the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. Verse 17, when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will go out and go back to, the fa- to my father and say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, His father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to the father, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, so he's interrupting him now. And he said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring a fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. And I'm going to finish finish that there. Let's have a feast and celebrate. So, if you're not, if you haven't quite got the picture yet, the father is God, and the son is mankind. Is every individual, every man, woman, and child who has ever lived. And what Jesus is is demonstrating in this story is how the kingdom of God sees us, how God sees us, how much he loves us, how much he wants to be reunited with us. It's, It's demonstrating how valuable you are to God. To get this, we need to know what love is. And uh, and I started off by slagging off Valentine's Day, which I totally stand by. Um, because we have a, 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 there's a clouded view in society of, of what love is. And I, I sent an image to production, let's just put it up. 
that is not love, okay? That is, that is not love, that is, that should be shot, okay? That is outrageous. And uh, I'm being silly, I'm being silly. Um, let's take it down though, because that's horrendous. And if anyone puts that on social media, they'll be like, that's the sort of church you go to? No, it isn't, no, it isn't. So what is it, what is it, because uh, we've forgotten, um, as, a, as, a, as a world, what love is. We've moved away from the meaning. What we think is love is, is an emotion when it's not, it's an action. How do we know that it's an emotion uh, or it's seen as an emotion? Because on a good day, it's easy to say, I love you. And it's easy, you know, on a good day, I could buy Lynn flowers and I could tell her that I love her and I could take her out for dinner. Aww. And then on a bad day, would I still do the same? You'd like to think so, but in reality, if it's all based on emotions, when my emotions are good, my actions are good, but when my emotions are bad, my actions are Thank you. Okay, yes. And, um, and, and, uh, and so I was, I was, I was looking at, at this uh, and thinking, I mean, we've only been married eight years, so in one sense, we're, we're kids when it comes to talking about, about love. I've got my parents here, and uh, I, if I've done the maths right, have you been married 47 years? 48 in January. In January, so 47 now. Tip, typical mother, always correcting, 47 years. But then, if I remember rightly, Barry and Anita, where are you? Barry, how long have you been married, Barry and Anita? 49 years! I mean, that is incredible. We should be asking them about love, you know, about, so what is love? How do, what, you know, how do you do that for year on year, when the emotions are good and when they're not, when circumstances are good and when they're not? But in that as well, we have 1 Corinthians. Now, it is wedding season. And so, and, uh, and, and so, you know, there are, we've got, got, got weddings everywhere, which are brilliant. And in weddings, normally you get 1 Corinthians 13, and all the men go, oh. And all the women go, this is it, it's beautiful. <laughs> but I've put it in the message, okay? Because I am a guy, after all. And, uh, and I was like, sometimes the message just says it, just how it needs to be said. So I think it's going to come up, but we're going to start 1 Corinthians 13, 3, uh, verse 3. And it says, if I give everything I own to the poor and, go, and even go to the stake to be burned as a martyr, but I don't love, I've gotten nowhere. So no matter what I say, what I believe, and what I do, I am bankrupt without love. So what is love? Well, let's carry on. Love never gives up. Love cares more for others than for self. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Love doesn't strut, doesn't have a swelled head, doesn't force itself on others, isn't always me first, doesn't fly off the handle. Oh, it's a little early for conviction this time in the morning. Doesn't keep a score of the sins of others, doesn't revel when others grovel. I don't really like this, this, this part of the translation, but we'll go with it. Takes pleasure in the flowering of truth. Oh, that's lo- thanks, Sam. That's lovely. Puts up, here we are, puts up with anything. Trusts God always. Always looks for the best. Never looks back, but keeps going till 
the end. Love never dies. That's love. That's powerful. And what I love when, when you hear, um, you know, you kind of, when you, you see Barry and Anita or you see uh, my, my parents, their actual names are Tom and Carol, not just, you know, mum and dad. Um, <laughs> is you think, you guys must have demonstrated that to be going for, in a world where almost half marriages don't make it to the end. When you see them that are, you think, I want to learn from you guys because you guys are brilliant. Let's just give them another round of applause because they are brilliant. They really are. As the Beatles say, all you need is love. All you, there we are. That's it. All you need is love. It's powerful. In fact, the Bible says it's love that leads us to repentance. It's love that leads us to a changed life. It's love that, that, that changes how we live. It's, it transforms us. So in Colossians 3, uh, 12, 14... Um, It says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with (laughs) compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, uh, sorry, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. You see, we've got a saying in global, which is God's word, God's way. God's word, God's way. And I love that because, because you can argue with me or you can argue with whoever's speaking. You can argue with, 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 with each other. You can say, well, I disagree and I don't think that. But you know, when it comes to arguing against this, take it up with God because we are just the messengers. So my first point is love just accepts. It just accepts. When we looked at the parable, when the son returns to the father, the father, in fact, runs to meet him. He, the father doesn't wait for the son to get to where, to where he's standing, as in, well, I'm pleased he's learned his lesson, took time, and he's squandered all that money because he's an idiot, but he's my son, so I'll have to. No, 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 no. It just accepts. It embraces. Yeah. Write this down. Jesus loves you so much, he accepts you just as you are. He loves you so much, he accepts you as you are. That father is a picture of God, the father. And the son is a picture of every human being who's ever lived. That's that's the incredible thing. You are so valuable to God Almighty that he sacrificed his son just to be in relationship with you. I mean, that's the gospel in a nutshell. Like, that's it. And when people say, well, what about drinking? What about sex? What about all the other things? You think, that's, that's just peripheral to the single, simple message that Jesus loves you so much. He just accepts you as you are. You know what I love about this? It's not based on our performance. And everything is based on our performance. You know, you go to a job interview, you've got to kind of get a good haircut, and you've got to, you can tell I haven't been to a job interview in a long time, right? Um, but you've got to get a good haircut, and you, you've got to kind of put on a suit, and you, or, or, you know, kind of, what, you know, whatever. You, you've got to get smart. Because if you just rock up just as you are, they might not give you the job. Because they're judging your performance. 
If you're single or dating and you're going out on a date, you have a wash beforehand. Well, at least hopefully you do. Some of the guys are going to start taking notes. You have a wash beforehand. And uh, you smell good, you look good, you go meet them, you open the door for them. You've never opened the door for anyone in your life, but you open the door this time. And it's, why? Because it's that we're working off performance. I want to tell you this morning, God doesn't work off your performance. He works off who you are, and he's already worked out, he knows who you are. He created you. I'm going to go into this a little bit more. So when you feel you're not good enough, it's a lie. When you feel like you've failed, it's a lie. When you feel like you haven't hit the standard and now God's going to be angry with you, that, as a well-known, very mildly-mannered world leader would put it as, is fake news, right? Why? Because God's word says that there's nothing we can do to make us, to make, there's nothing that we can do that will make God love us more, and there's nothing we can do that will make God love us less. It's banked. It's just banked. So in the parable, he'd been living with the pigs. And that's a big no-no for the Jews. They don't eat pork. They don't don't associate with pork. They don't touch pork. It is ceremoniously unclean, even today in Jewish culture. Yet he'd been living with the pigs. He'd been wanting to eat the pig food. He may have eaten the pig food because he was hungry. But then when he goes to his father, is his father bothered by how he looks? No. Is he bothered by how he smells? No. Is he bothered by how he appears, or or by what he's done, or the mistakes that he's made, or the fact that he's taken all of his inheritance and spent it on sex, drugs, and rock and roll? No. Why? Because the father just loves him. He just loves him. You know, we're building a movement of churches that... Now say it with me if you if you if you you should know this. Love God, love pe yeah, life people. Okay, love people and love life. There we are. Love God, love people, and love life. In fact, I think um, you know, we've, in fact, we've got this, this movement here today in this room, which is really good, because we've got Acom and we've got Barbican and Yeah, Acom are like Yeah, we're in the hive. This is your meeting place. Um, we've got Barbican, we've got Spuriagate. Yes! Okay, all right, we've got, everyone's like waiting now, aren't they? We've got Leeds. <laughs> Hewitt. And Scandinavia. Guys, just stand up. We, let's, just, let's just welcome back Simon and Sophia. These guys are great. They, they're part of our academy. They've, they've been part of Global now for, oh, years. Um, but last, uh, earlier this year, they moved back. They're originally from uh, Denmark and, and, and Sweden, and they've moved back. They're currently living in Malmo in Sweden, and they're starting churches in two countries, commuting across the bridge between Malmo and Copenhagen. So chat to these guys afterwards, because they are brilliant. And if you don't get a chance to chat to them, they'll be back for reach. So... Um, but, but this is the thing, because as a church, our value, in fact, I asked for this to be up. When we love people, it's real, it's relevant, it's relational, and it's robust. What does that mean? It means that we're real. So when things go well, we celebrate and we party together. And when things don't go well, we're honest about it. 
and we help each other out and we build each other back up because it's not plastic fantastic. It's, it's life. In fact, Jesus said, in this world you'll have trouble, but fear not, I've overcome. There we are. So we're already on the winning side. I was thinking, I was trying to think of an application of, of how to really put into words how much God actually loves us. Now, if I was Tom, okay, I would stand up here and I would talk about Isla. I mean, to be honest, who can't love Isla? Because she is honestly like the cutest baby in the world. Sorry for everyone else who's got babies. Um, but she's just there, kind of looking at me now with her big eyes. And he would talk about a father's love for his child. And that until you're a parent, you have no idea how much you can love a child. That you can just accept, there she is, stop it now. Okay, take her out. The attention. Um, and, and, and talking about, you just, it's a love that just accepts people as they are. It just accepts the child. as It doesn't matter what she does. It won't change how much he loves it. It doesn't change the value that he's put on her because it's just there. I'm thinking, oh, but Ben, you're not a parent. Like, what can you possibly kind of equate that to? Um, and I was thinking, what is there that people would know that puts value on something regardless of its condition, regardless of where it's at, regardless of where it's been or what it's done. And then it came to me like a bolt of inspiration from heaven itself. Webuyanycar.com, right? Webuyanycar.com will buy any car regardless of its condition, regardless of its service history, regardless of whether it has an engine, regardless of whether it has wheels. Webuyanycar.com, that is God. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done. It, does, it doesn't matter anything about your background or even about your future. God loves you regardless. Jesus has, like, he, well, in fact, the value that he's put on you is Jesus. He has already bought you back and it cost him everything. My second point, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be wrapping it up very shortly. I actually have three points and I believe that we might be rolling this one into next week. So, my second point is that love is personal. The first one is that love accepts, but secondly, love is personal. See, the father was looking out for his son. It was about people. He, was, he wanted, he was waiting for a person who was dear to him, who he loved ab- above everything else. Now, I've got here a cup of coffee. Um, now, you will know that I really like coffee. And, uh, and actually, in fact, let me just... Mm. Now, let's just say that I apply 1 Corinthians to this cup of coffee. I love you. I'll be patient with you. I'm going to be kind. I know you won't fail me until you run out, but then there's more. It's nonsense, isn't it? Because that is not a person. It is a cup of coffee. It's good coffee. But it's a cup of coffee. Love is personal. So when we talk about, well, Jesus loves you, and you think, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, no, no, no. He loves you. He's put such an immense value on you. He gave his life for you. God the Father sent his son for you. 
There is nothing you can do to change that. There is absolutely nothing. So when we have the mind battles that say, I'm just not good enough, or I've messed up again, or I wish I was better, or I wish I was like them because they are really good. That's also fake news. They are just like you. They might just look better on the outside. Whatever. Like, it's, it's that. Now, Ben, how do, you, how do you know this? Well, I'm pleased you asked. Because in the Bible it says, Ephesians 1.4, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight, that before the world was created, God knew you. He already knew you. That will blow. If you're visiting here, um, you're, you're new to church, um, you might think that makes, that makes zero sense, but what I'm doing is I'm starting to bring hopefully some revelation when, when there's loads of, of different viewpoints of what church thinks and says and how you should be if you're going to go to church. What I want to do is blow all of, hey Charlie, what I want to do is, <laughs> hint, is blow all of that out of the water. I want to blow all of that out of the water and I'm doing it with God's word because my opinion, although I think that's great, it's not good enough, certainly not this. So, he chose you before the creation of the world. Psalm 139, 13 says, For you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your value is immeasurable. Regardless of what your salary is, or what your family say, or what your kids say, your value, you as an individual, is immeasurable. We talk a lot about John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son, so whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. But John 3.17 says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Oh, God's really angry at me. God's out to get me. No, he's not. No, he's not. He loved you so much he sent his son for you. I don't know any parents who would sacrifice their child for me apart from God the Father. And that blows my mind. Titus 3, verse 4 and 5 says, But when his kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. It's not performance-based. It's not performance-based. Why is this so important? Write this down. Hurting people hurt people. But loved people, love people. As a church, we're called to love one another, but our mission is to go out there and to love them and to reach them because we're called to be the Jesuses to them. We are, they, their only way of seeing church will be through us. That's, that's insane. God's trusted us with that. But that's why we need to be secure in who we are. You need to be secure in who you are, not in your, your skills or your talents, but in Christ. Because when you're secure in Christ, you can go do anything. Shelley Shaw, our, our, Dave's wife, our, our other senior leader here at Global, is probably one of the best people I know at, at doing this. She just loves people. She loves people. I remember ages ago talking to him, being like, how do you do it? Because because I don't, <laughs> I've had to really work on it. It doesn't come naturally to me. Where before I was a Christian, it wasn't my, my, my predisposition, really. Um, and it still isn't, ask Lynn, but I'm working on it. So I asked Shelley, I said, how do you do it? 
And she just, she's like, I just love people. But then when you look at her, you think she's confident. She's confident in who she is. She's not insecure. She's not competing with people. So she can love people and she can celebrate people because if they do well, that's great. And you think, we need to be more like that. Well, I think I need to be more like that. So finally, if God the Father loves you so much that he sent Jesus to make a way for you, and Jesus died for you, so it's already a done deal and a done transaction. What on earth could possibly stop it? What on earth could possibly block God Almighty doing it? You. Me. Why do I say that? Because in verse 11, back in the parable, it says, when he came to his senses. When he came to his senses, he realized what am I doing here? What am I doing? It looks so good, but it, it, what am I doing? I could be back there. I could be back with the Father. What am I doing in this pigsty? What am I doing in this situation in life? What am I doing here when I could be there? Quite right. See, we're a church for those who would never go to church. That's our mission. We're not fussed about reaching Christians. They're Christians. They should already be in and going to a church. But we're a church where you can belong before you believe. That's our mantra. Oh, I couldn't possibly come to church. I'm not good enough. I don't even believe in God. You know, I think it's a load of rubbish. Great. You are the target audience. Welcome in. Have a coffee. It's good. So I want to leave. I'm going to finish with this. Don't leave it till you're so desperate in life and you're so stuck that you turn to Jesus out of desperation. Why? Because you're worth more. You are worth more than that. Regardless of where you've been, what you've done, what others think of you, what you may even think of yourself, that parable is a picture of God the Father looking out, waiting for people to come waiting for people to return to him. And when they choose, he runs, he embraces them with open arms, just as they are. And uh, I'm going to leave it there. But that isn't the end of the story. There is more. And, uh, but you'll have to come back next week. So if you want to just bow, bow your heads and close your eyes, because... Love just accepts, and love is personal, but it all starts with a decision. He came to his senses. Every week, we give people an opportunity to return to God, to accept him. Maybe you've never accepted him. Maybe you were like me, and you grew up, where we just didn't go to church. It just wasn't part of what we did. But this morning... I'm giving you an invitation to say, no, you, it's your time and it's your turn to come back to the Father. If that's you, why, while eyes are closed and heads are bowed, you just raise your hand. We do it discreetly. It's really just between you and God. It's just a simple step of faith. But you do that now. Thank you. Thank you. Once you put it up, you can put it back down. 
Father God, I thank you, Father. I thank you. We sang before about reckless love. Father, your love for us is reckless. It is powerful. It is life-changing. It is for everyone. And Father, I thank you for the people who were brave enough this morning to raise their hand. Father, and I pray now that just as, just as Jesus spoke in the parable of the Father embracing the Son, that they will be embraced. We, they will be immersed in love. In love, it's not a gooey love, Father. It's a powerful love. It's a transformational love. It's a confidence-building love. It's a, it's a, a life-changing love. And Father, for the rest of us, you've called us to love one another and to be your representatives out in, in a world that just doesn't know you or that might think it knows you, but it has a totally inaccurate picture of who you are. And Father, I pray for all of us this morning that we are empowered and emboldened again to go out and to be bold and to bring the good news, to bring the gospel, to bring that love into our neighborhoods. And Father, we will see this city and the cities around transformed in Jesus' name. Amen. From the team here at Global Church, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please check out our other messages available on the website 